ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له اشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله صلوات الله وسلامه عليه اما بعد يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن الا وانتم مسلمون يا ايها الناس اتقوا ربكم الذي خلقكم من نفس واحده وخلق منها زوجها وبث منهما رجالا كثيرا ونساء واتقوا الله الذي تساءلون به والارham ان الله كان عليكم رقيبا يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله وقولوا قولا سديدا يصلح لكم اعمالكم ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم ومن يطع الله ورسوله فقد فاز فوزا عظيما اما بعد فان اصدق الحديث كتاب الله واحسن الهدي هدي محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وشر امور محدثاتها وكل محدثه بدعه وكل بدعه ضلاله وكل ضلاله في النار ثم اما بعد الحمد لله الحمد لله على نعمه الاسلام والسنه all praise and thanks belong to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for guiding us to Islam and for guiding us to the sunnah bismillahi ta'ala we continue where we left off last evening and that is by going over some of the proofs and the evidences that obligate the muslim to be a sunni salafi Yesterday we had taken Allah Ta'ala statement wa may yushaqiq ar-rasul min ba'di ma tabayyana lahu al-huda wa yattabi' ghayra sabil mu'minin nawallihi ma tawalla wa nuslihi jahannam wa sa'at masira Allah Ta'ala statement that is found in surah an-nisa verse 115 what translated means and whoever contradicts the messenger after clear guidance have been made known unto them and they follow a path other than the path of the believers we will leave him to what he has turned himself to and we will enter him into jahannam and what a most awful of final destinations today firstly we would like to look at the statement of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wherein shows us clearly the obligation for us to be upon the way of the salaf Allah Ta'ala he says wa anna hadha sirati mustaqima fattabi'uh wa la tattabi'u subala fatafarraqa bikum an sabili dhalikum wasaakum bihi la'allakum tattaqun surah al-an'am verse 153 Allah Azza wa Jal he says here in this ayah and that what translated means and verily this is my straight path so follow it verily 
This is my straight path, so follow it. And do not follow the subul. Do not follow the subul. Do not follow the other paths. Naam. Do not follow the other paths. Plural. Why? فَتَفَرَّقَ بِكُمْ عَنْ سَبِيلِ Because these other paths, these deviant paths, they will separate you from the path. Naam. This is what you have been commanded to do so that you will attain piety, so that you will attain taqwa. Shaykh Sulaiman al-Rahili, ta'ala, he mentions, he says, Yaqulullahu ta'ala, that Allah ta'ala, he says, wa anna hadha. He mentions, he says, hadha ismul ishara. Hadha ismul ishara. For those studying the Arabic language, then they will be familiar with this term. Hadha is ismul ishara, meaning it is a noun that is utilized so as to indicate to something. It's a noun that is utilized so as to indicate to something. Naam. And general, the general utilization of this word is that it indicates to something that is close. Something that is mufrad, singular. And something that is masculine, yani, as far as uh, yani, the language. Naam. Something that is masculine. Ismul ishara is something that it points to something else. The Shaykh says, Wal ishara takunu ala al mawjood. And when something is being pointed to, it's pointing to something that is present. You don't give indication to something that is not present. You don't give an indication so as to something that does not exist. Naam. But here we see that Allah Ta'ala is directing our attention to His Siraq. To his path. And the path is singular. And thus it is used this particular ism, ismul ishara, hadha. Because it indicates something that is what? We mentioned something that is one, close, right? Masculine. There's not the order that we mentioned them in, but yani, because I want to save the point for last, we're going to switch the order. But it was something that is close, correct? Masculine. And. Singular. It's one. It's not dual. It's not plural. But it's one. It's singular. Naam. And it's a very important point. Because the truth is one. They're not multiple truths. The truth is one. And I'll give you an example. A simple example. Naam. When it comes to simple math. Simple math. Correct? We understand that this is a universal truth. Five plus five equals how much? Ten. There was never a time frame where it equaled nine. And then after some years, it evolved to 9.5. Then after some more years, it evolved into 10. And then a few millennia from now, it will be 10.5 and then 11. No. Five plus five equals how much? Huh? Ten. Naam, it always has it and it always will. There is no room for variation. Someone can't come and say, well, no, I believe it equals 13. Another one says, no, we have an opinion and 5 plus 5, it equals 15. Another one says, no, we have an opinion and 5 plus 5, it equals 8. 
all of those opinions that said it equals this and equals that, equals that, outside of 10, then we understand that they're what? They're wrong. Because there's only one correct answer. Right? Likewise, when it comes to the road to the Jannah, there's only one road to the Jannah. There are no alternatives. It is not like those uh, mystics and Ahl Tusawwuf and the like, where they come with these mobbed statements, the likes of the truth are like spokes upon a wheel. Many different spokes all leading to a singular point. Or they will say the truth are like the avenues and the roads up to a mountain. There may be various ways you can get there, but they all lead to one summit. No, that's not correct. That's wrong. And what's the delay that is wrong? Allah Ta'ala here in this ayah, He says, وَأَنَّ And that verily, this is my straight path. And what is used for it? What word is used to point to it? Is what? Is hadha. And hadha is ismu ishara. And ismu ishara, this particular ismu ishara hadha is used for something that is close, masculine, and singular. Right? Close, masculine, and singular. So this is here. We understand it's one. And the word sirat is singular. It's singular. Naam. So Allah Ta'ala He says, So therefore follow it. It's a must that you follow it. It is indicative upon you, it is wajib upon you that you follow it. Naam. And do not follow the other ways. Do not follow the other paths. And this is plural. Subul is plural. The singular is sabil, one. But subul is plural. Because the falsehood is of many types. Right? There are a lot of roads that lead to the hellfire. There are a lot of untruths out there. A lot of falsehood. It's a multitudes. A multitude of falsehood. Naam. But the truth is one. So, the truth is one. Allah Ta'ala, He used the singular. Siratli. One. One siratli. Naam. Falsehood is... Multitudes of falsehood. So Allah Ta'ala used the plural. Subun. Do not follow the other ways. Do not follow the other paths. Naam. Why? Because when you follow these paths away from the truth, what do they do? فَتَفَرَّقَ بِكُمْ عَنْ سَبِيلِ They will separate you from his path. They will separate you from the path of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. Naam. And this is what you have been commanded with so that you will attain piety. So that perhaps you may attain piety, meaning we understand, so that you will attain piety. In other words, the only way to attain piety is by following the surat of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It is not attainable from any other direction. If we want to be pious, we have to follow the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So the shaykh, he says, هذا اسم إشارة والإشارة تكون إلى الموجود that this is a اسم إشارة it is a noun that's used to point and indicate to something else and when you pointing to something else you pointing to that which is present موجود في زمن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم it was present in the time of the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم نعم the correct path the truth it was present in the time of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. الذي جاء في القرآن والسنة in that time frame where the Quran and the Sunnah it came in the time of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, because the Quran is revelation from Allah subhanahu wa taala. 
And the sunnah, <coughs> what is the sunnah? The sunnah is what? The Quran is revelation. And the sunnah is what? Revelation. Yes, it was a trick question. Right? They are both revelation from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi he said, uh, He said, Verily I have been given the Quran and that which is similar to it. Meaning the sunnah. They are both revelation from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah ta'ala, He described His path, His way, as being straight. Shiratullah mustaqim. It is a straight is a straight path. It is not a path that has in it any type of iwaj. It's not a path that is crooked or has crookedness therein. But it's a path that is straight. And as we know from the Sunnah of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, it is a path that is clear. The Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, That I have left you upon that which is clear. So clear that his night is like his day. His night is like his day. There's no ambiguity, it's clear. Naam. So the path is straight, the path is clear. That path that we have to follow. And it is haram upon us to follow anything that goes against it. What's the proof and the evidence that it's haram for us to follow a way that goes against this way? And what's the proof that it's wajib upon us to follow this way? Is that Allah Ta'ala, after mentioning His path, He says, فَاتَّبِعُوا So follow it. Thus, follow it. It's a command. So you have to follow it. All of you. All of us. Naam. And then, what is the proof that we are not allowed to follow any way that differs from Allah Ta'ala's way? We're not allowed to follow any way that is in contradiction to the way of the Prophet Wasallam and, and the way of the Sahaba. Is that what? Allah Ta'ala, He says, And do not follow the other deviant paths, ways, plural. Do not follow it. It's a command. Prohibiting you from following the other ways. Naam. Tayyip. A person, he may come and he may scratch his head and he may say, but wait a minute, brother. You mentioned in the earlier, in this very talk right here, that this is another indication which shows that we have to follow the way of the Sahaba. Naam. Another proof and evidence that obligates us to be upon the way of the Sahaba. But so far right now, we didn't hear nothing directly about following the Sahaba. So how did you make that statement and where did that come from? And that would be a legitimate question. That would be a legitimate question. Person call me and say, hey, well, call me on that one. Meaning, not that you call my phone. I, I mean, but I'm saying, a person can call me on that and say, hey, you said that, but we don't see it. How? What are you talking about? How do we know what is the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? How do we know? How are we able to identify what is Allah's path from the subhan? What is our frame of reference? What is our measuring stick? We know that one. We know that what the Prophet ﷺ was upon is the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, correct? So what is our measuring stick so, so that we know that a call or an individual is upon that which the Prophet ﷺ is upon? Is by what? Is his conformity to what the Salaf were upon. If he's upon what the Sahaba were upon, then we know he's upon what the Prophet ﷺ was upon. If he's upon something contrary, then we know he's not upon what the Prophet ﷺ was upon, so thus he's not upon what? The way of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And we learned that from where? From the last night's verse. 
That's our frame of reference. How, how are we able to identify? Because everyone is going to come to you and tell you that they're upon the hop. No one's going to come to you and tell you they're upon falsehood. No one's going to do that. You understand? They're going to tell you they're upon the truth. They're going to tell you what they're calling you to is correct. They're going to tell you, yeah, it's the best thing since sliced bread and so on and so forth. This is what they're going to tell you. So how are you able to identify those true claims from those false claims? How are you going to be able to identify who are actually upon the haq from those who are not upon the haq? Who is actually upon the way of the Prophet ﷺ from those who are liars in their claim and claiming it to be upon the way of the Prophet ﷺ? What is your measuring stick? Your frame of reference, it is the way of the Salaf. It is the way of the Salaf, the way of the Sahaba. And this is why you find the people of innovation. The people of innovation. And this is a point that has to be stressed and has been said many times before. And Bismillah ta'ala, it will be said many, many times again. But this is why it is not enough for us that a person just says, Quran and Sunnah. Quran and Sunnah. That's not enough. You understand? A person, he come and he say, well how, well, how come that's not enough? It's not enough because everybody says Qur'an and Sunnah. The Prophet Sallallahu he said that the Muslims was a tariqu ummati, and my ummah will split. Inshallah Ta'ala will come to this, yani, we'll look at this narration tomorrow, bithni lahi ta'ala. Naam. Ala kulli hal, the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, That my ummah will break, split, and divide into 73 different sects, all of them in a fire except for one. All of these groups, all of these 72 sects that, are, that will be destroyed, they all say Kitab and Sunnah. Because the Prophet Sallallahu said that they are from his ummah, meaning they're from the ummah who accepted the call. They're from the Ummah who accepted the call. They're from the Muslims. So now you tell me what Muslim comes to you and says, I don't follow the Quran. Nobody. What Muslim comes to you and says, I don't follow the Sunnah. I said, well, Muslim comes to you and say that. <laughs> you see? The Rafi, the Humu Kufar. <laughs> See, they be talking about the Muslims now. I'm saying, what Muslim will come to you and say that? Nobody. Because as soon as you say that, then you make takfir upon yourself. It's like a person coming and saying, I believe in La ilaha illallah, but I don't believe in Muhammad Rasulullah. Or the, or the opposite. I believe in Muhammad Rasulullah, but I don't believe in La ilaha Then you say, yeah, you're not a Muslim. What are you talking about? It's not possible. You understand? So, every Muslim is going to tell you Quran and Sunnah. Every Muslim is going to say Quran and Sunnah. Naam? So that by itself is not enough. A person they say Quran and Sunnah, they, they name their master Quran and Sunnah, they put on the board Quran and Sunnah. So you walk in there and say, okay, this is good, right? Because it says Quran and Sunnah. Every master has to be Quran and Sunnah because if it's a masjid, so that's not enough for us to identify what is correct and what's not correct. What is the frame of reference? Is the Sahaba. The Sahaba, right? Because now, you can't play with Allah's words. Because you can come and you can say, this is the ayah, here's the tafsir. When you have the sahaba in the equation, you can say, who from the sahaba understood it like that? Because remember before, like you mentioned, it, the, the, the issue is not that you bring delil. It's not the issue that you bring a delil. The issue is that you bring the delil properly. Utilize it properly. You understand? Anyone can mention a verse and it twists its meaning. Right? So that's not delete because you're using it outside of its context. You're using the kalam yani fighta mudi'. You're using the you're using the speech outside of its uh, outside of its context. So that doesn't count. But a delete is that the proof and the evidence is used correctly and, and yani with the correct meaning inside of its inside of its proper context. 
That's Dalil. So if a person just bringing an ayah, just bringing a hadith, you say, no, no, no. Who from the Salaf understood that? Like that. You understand? Once a Sahaba are in the equation, you'll be able to identify and call a spade a spade. You'll be able to know these ones are upon the truth, these ones are not upon the truth. This is why Ahlul Bid'ah, they do not connect themselves to the Sahaba. Because it will, it will, it will destroy their plot and their plans. They won't be able to do what they're able to do once you ask them who from the Sahaba understood this. Let's give an example of the bid'ah of the Mawlid of the Prophet Naam, those they, they will try to come and they'll have many different excuses and justifications so as to why they will celebrate the birthday of the Prophet Wasallam. But for all of their talk that they, that they beautify, all of their falsehood that they beautify with their speech is easily debunked when you ask them, well who from amongst the Ummah who from amongst the Ummah loved the Prophet ﷺ more? Because they will claim to you, we're doing this out of respect and love for the Prophet ﷺ. So we ask them, challenge them upon that premise. Who from the Ummah loved, what group, what generation from the Ummah loved the Prophet ﷺ the most? Hands down, O Sahaba. Hands down, O Sahaba. Naam. Look at the sacrifice that they gave. Sacrificing their wealth, sacrificing their time, sacrificing their bodies, their life. Who from amongst us has done yani, an iota of what they have done? No one. Their, their, their love for the Prophet ﷺ is proven and is, 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 yani, is not even up for debate. No one debates it. They love the Prophet ﷺ more. So once that is established, then the next question comes, well, who from amongst them celebrated his birthday? If it's based upon love, as, as, as your premise is saying, that who from amongst them celebrated his birthday? Who from amongst them beat you to this action? And once the answer has become no one, then we know that you're upon nothing. Right? And you can take every bid'ah and you can apply, you can, you can use the same equation. Who from the Salaf believed like this? Who from the Salaf said this? Who from the Sahaba yani, did this? Once the answer comes back no one, then you understand that you're upon nothing. Why? Because this is something that is very important for us to understand and very important for us to know. If it was in it good, they would have beaten us to it. There's nothing from good except that the Sahaba did it first. There is nothing from good in the deen of Al-Islam except that the Sahaba taught it to us. They were the bridge over which the message of the Prophet ﷺ came unto us. Because the second generation, did they meet the Prophet ﷺ? <coughs> no. no. But they met who? The Sahaba. So who taught them about their religion? The Sahaba. And the second generation taught the third and to the end. But who was the first ones to convey to others after the time of the Prophet ﷺ about the deen of Islam? The Sahaba. So there's not a single good deed except that they as a generation did it first. So it's impossible for us to think or to believe that we're going to come with a good deed they didn't know about. How? If they were the ones who conveyed to those who came after them Islam, if we come with something that they were not upon, then what we have come with what is not from Islam. It's an innovation. It's something that was made up. It's a foreign element. And this is something that is very, very, very important for us to understand. So, if you want to know what is the 
path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we can identify it by knowing what the Sahaba were upon. Because what the Sahaba were upon was exactly what the Prophet ﷺ was upon. And no doubt, what the Prophet ﷺ was upon is the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is why Shaykh Sulaiman Rahili, after this he says, لا شك أن الصحابة قد سلكوا هذا الصراط. He said, there's no doubt that the Sahaba, they were upon this way. They were upon his way. For the wajib alayna and bihim. So therefore it is binding, it is wajib, mandatory upon us that we imitate them, that we follow the Sahaba. Woman khalafa min hajahum. And whoever differs from the way of the Sahaba, la shakka ennahu min subul. And whatever contradicts. Huh? Whatever contradicts, and this is important for us to understand. Whatever, whatso it may be that contradicts the way of the, the minhaj, the methodology of the Sahaba, then verily, undoubtedly, it is from the subud. It is from those deviant paths. So what the what the Sahaba were upon, this is the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Anything that is separate from that, then it is from those deviant paths in which Allah ta'ala he says. And do not follow the deviant paths. Why? Because they will separate you from his path, meaning the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Shaykh Sulaiman he goes on and he says, He said, Because we're going to say, we say, He said, we gonna we we say to those who come to us with a new way. Those who come to us and they have a new way. A new methodology, a new way of doing things, huh? We say to them, yani, this new way, yukhalifu ma'alayhi sahaba, that goes against that which the sahaba they were upon. He says, we say unto them, and I want you to, I want you to write these down, very important questions. We say to them, هَلْ هَذَا الَّذِي أَنْتَ عَلَيْهِ صِرَاطُ اللَّهِ مُسْتَقِيمُ أَوْ لَا We ask them, this thing that you're upon, is this Allah's straight path or no? This thing that you're upon, it goes against the way of the Sahaba. So we asked him, this thing that you're doing, is this Allah's straight path or no? Or not? Yes or no? Is this Allah's straight path? You see? Either way they're trapped, either way they're done. No matter what they say, they're done. The Shaykh, he says, فَإِن قَالْ If they say, إِنَّهُ صِرَاطُ اللَّهِ مُسْتَقِيمًا If they say, then verily this is Allah's straight path, قُلْنَا Then we say, then we're going to tell them if they say, "Yeah, this is this is the straight, this is Allah's straight path." He said, "Then we will respond to them by saying that now you have accused the Sahaba of not being upon Allah's straight path." You see, because it's already clear, the Sahaba didn't do this. So as soon as they say, "Yeah," then okay, now you have accused them of not being upon Allah's straight path. The Shaykh says, He said, And this, no one who knows Iman will deem this acceptable and allowable. No one who knows Iman will accept this and, and, and deem this as being allowable. Naam. The Shaykh says, And if they say, But if they say, No, 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 the Sahaba, they were upon the straight path. The Shaykh he says, وَهَذَا أَيْضًا صِرَاطُ الْمُسْتَقِيمِ Oh, excuse me. And the people, they say that, no, the Sahaba were also upon a straight path, and this also is a straight path. قُلْنَا The Shaykh says, then we say unto them, إِنَّ اللَّهَ جَلَّ وَعَلَى إِنَّ اللَّهَ عَفْوًا إِنَّ اللَّهَ جَعَلَى 
Sirat Wahida. That verily Allah has made the straight path as being one. Naam. وَجَعَلَ مَا يُخَالِفُهُ سُبُلًا And he has made that that which goes against the straight path as being from the deviant ways, the deviant paths of which تُفَرِّقُ عَنْ سَبِيلٍ They will guide you away from the right and correct path. فَتُفَرِّقُ عَنِ الطَّرِيقِ And they will guide you away from the right way. Naam. So either way they go, they're lost. They say, yeah, they say, yeah, this is the straight path. Okay, now you accuse the Sahaba of not being upon the straight path. They say, no, no, this is the straight path, and what the Sahaba did was the straight path too. Then they say, no, you have lied, because Allah Ta'ala has made the straight path one. One. Now, so when we look at this ayah, then we see from another direction, another standpoint, how it is obligatory upon us to follow the way of the Sahaba. The Shaykh, he mentions another ayah. Allah Azza wa Jalla says in his noble book, وَاتَّبِعْ سَبِيلَ مَنْ أَنَابَ إِلَيَّ From Surah Luqman, verse 15. Allah Ta'ala, he says what means, and follow the way of those who أَنَابَ إِلَيَّ Those who, they make tawbah, they repent, and they are obedient. Naam, because inaba is, yam, it is a, a tawbah, is a rujur, but is is coupled is coupled with what with increasing in righteous good deeds. It's in, in coupled with increasing in righteous good deeds. So it's those who repent and who are obedient unto Allah Taala. So Allah Taala says, and follow the way of those who repent and are obedient unto Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. This is Surah Luqman, verse fifteen. This right here is an indication and another illustration. Which shows us how we are in vital need of, of, of sticking to the ulama of Ahlul Sunnati wal Jama'ah. We are in vital need of sticking to the ulama of Ahlul Sunnati wal Jama'ah. So beware of those individuals who try to separate you from the ulama. Regardless of what the game is, regardless of what the plot is, regardless of what the, of what the justification is, and so on and so forth, don't fall for it. You will have individuals that they will come to you and they will tell you that the ulama don't know what they're talking about because they live in over there, we live in here, we know the situation and so on and so forth. You don't got to listen to them, listen to us because we know better. You understand? As if, as, as, as if, and, and follow me now, follow, follow, follow what I'm saying. Who knows, who knows better about the deen of Al-Islam? The, the scholars or the non-scholars? The scholars. The scholars. Like, issues of halal and haram, who knows that better? The scholars or non-scholars? Scholars. scholars. Like, when it comes to the issues of fitting uh, yani, trials and tribulations that, that occur in daily life and so on and so forth that are linked to sins and transgressions and the plots of shaitan and so on and so forth, who understands that more intricately, the scholars or non-scholars? Scholars. When it comes to the issues of Iman, what is Iman and uh, Taqwa and so on and so forth, who understands that better, scholars, non-scholars? Scholars. When it comes to the issue of what is yani, Kufr and, 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 and Fusuq and Isyan and so on and so forth, what is disbelief and what is corruption and, 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 and violent, heinous things, who understands that more intricately? The scholars and non-scholars? Scholars. scholars. Okay, so do these people want us to believe that we got some kind of new school Kufr here in America that was never on earth before? Huh? They think the people here doing something they know that no one has ever did it in the history of the people? Of course not. The same old stuff. The shaitan come with new tricks? Huh? No, he come with the same old trick. Didn't the shaitan fool? This is an example. Look at what the shaitan said to the Christians. He told the Christians that 
Allah came in the, in the form of a person. They took it, correct? A'udhu Billah, they took it. Okay, look at, look at, look at, look at, look at, look, look at the Rastafarians. They told the Rastafarians Allah came in the form of a person. And they took it, did they not? Hali Salah, they took it, correct? Okay, let's look at the nation of Kufr. He told them that Allah came in the form of a person. Master Far Muhammad, they took it, did they not? Oh, it's the same Kufr, isn't it? He just remixed the name, but it's the same thing. Shaitan don't come with no new trick. His trick is, his trick is weak. So why do these people want us to believe that we got some kind of kufr here that's so different, so unprecedented, that the ulema, they don't know nothing about it? It doesn't make sense. Why do they tell you this stuff? Because they want to separate between you and the ulema. You understand? Because listen, remember we were talking about the Sahaba, how people, they want to separate from the Sahaba, because once you separate from the Sahaba, you can, you can say, oh, the hadith, it means this, and the, uh, 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 what do you call it, the ayat, it means this. Right? Because the Sahaba, the ones that are going to show them, and no, that's not what it means. So they want to get rid of the Sahaba. But to effectively get rid of the Sahaba, what do you got to do? You got to get rid of the ulama. Because who's going to highlight that? No, 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 that's not what the Sahaba said. No, that's not how the Sahaba explained that verse. No, that's not how the Sahaba explained the hadith. Who's going to point that out to you? The ulama. So once you erase the ulama from the equation, then you can effectively erase the Sahaba from the equation. Now Ahlul Bayra can say what they want about what they want, how they want. You see the you see the game, you see the trick, huh? And they all do it in one form or another. They all do it. So beware of those who try to come in from this standpoint saying that. Uh, the ulama, they don't, they don't, they don't know what's going on. We know what's going on. There's another ploy that's more insidious than this one. This one is kind of clear, right? They say well, the ulama don't know what's going on. So that, yeah, I mean, the chup is clear. But there's one that's more insidious. There's one that comes and says, "No, we love the ulama. We take from the ulama. We respect the ulama. We have to put our hands in the hands of the ulama." But you know what? We are going to be the door between you and the ulama. So you come to us, and then if we deem it so, we'll escalate it up to the ulama. Huh? What, you know, it's like a help desk type of thing. You know, you go to the first, the first tier, if they can't do it, then they, then they bump it up to the next tier, because it's too intricate for them or whatever. But this is the concept they bring. Why? Because they want to filter what comes to you from the ulama. They want to filter what comes to you from the ulama. So this in actuality is what? It's a separation between you and the ulama. Correct? Let me give you an example. If we went to a buffet, laid out food, a buffet, where anyone can go and get direct access to the buffet themselves, okay? Anyone can go and get direct access to the buffet themselves, those who were able to get access. So of course, in this, in this, in this example, then the early man will be representative of the, what's contained at the buffet. You with me? Now, I come to you and I tell you, little brother, no, don't, don't worry about going to the buffet. Don't worry about going over there. You stay here at your table. Don't worry about, don't worry about going over there. I'll go get you what you need. You tell me what you want, I'll go get you what you need. Now, I can come in, I can tell you anything. I can say, oh, they only got, um, you know, steak over there right now. How do you know? They say the lobster is cold right now, the butter is don't look good, so you know what I'm saying. You don't know. That couldn't even be that couldn't that could be the furthest thing from it. Right? But I brought you some food though. So because I brought you food, am I connecting you to the, the, the buffet? No, in actuality I've severed you from the buffet because I don't allow you to get to it except through me. 
You understand? And if I decide that you do something that's kind of weird, I want to cut you off, and, 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 and now you can't get nothing from the buffet, then what happened? You can't get a plate. So did I connect you to the early man? Did I separate you from the early man? Right? And not just that, but in such a scenario, who does the attention go to? Does it go to those over at the buffet, or does it go to the one who's bringing you the stuff? The one that's bringing the stuff. So now the one that's bringing the stuff has over you what? Control. Correct? When it comes to you, when it comes to you getting your plate, you got control. Correct? He tell you when you're going to get it, how you're going to get it, what you're going to get. You understand? That's separation. And this is why this is more insidious. Those who try to you know, act as if that they are the doorman to the early mad, you can only get to the early mad through them and so on and so forth. This is insidious. This wasn't the case in the time of the Prophet ﷺ. Did not anyone can go to the Prophet ﷺ directly and speak to him? Was this not the, the, the case in the, in the time of, of the Sahaba, the Salaf, they can just go to them and, and talk to them? Yes, we have so many narrations that people will come from here, come from there, and speak with one of the Sahabi. Now, I'm look at the first hadith that's in Sahih Muslim, that's your homework. Look at that hadith and you'll see illustration of this. You understand? It has always been this way. Always been this way. And we can come back now to our modern time and look, Shaykh bin Baz, rahmatullah alayhi, was, 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 wasn't it except that he was accessible to the people? Shaykh Ruthaymeen wasn't, was not he, but, but he was accept, uh, yani accessible to the, to the people? Shaykh al-Bani, was it not except that he was yani accessible to the, to, to the people? And even now, right now, rahmatullah alayhim, jami'ah, but right now for those ulama who are still alive, for those who for those who know they are accessible to the people. If you want to meet with Sheikh Muhammad bin Hadi, all you have to do is go pray in his masjid. If you come to the masjid, he pray, then you can meet with the Sheikh and talk to the Sheikh. Right? You don't have to schedule an appointment with yeah, any with this one or that one and, and register this and register that. No, you go to the Sheikh and you speak to him, you give him salam, you speak to him. And Sheikh Muhammad bin Hadi is very clear on this. He says, I have no I have no doorman. If you want to speak to me, you come to my masjid, you pray. If you, if you see me there when I'm there, you put your hand in my hand, you give me salams, and you ask me what you want to ask me. Likewise, this, this is the way of the ulama. This is the way of the ulama. Those mashaykh, those ulama that teach the haram, they, they're accessible. When the class is over, you approach them, you talk to them, and you have access to them directly. So why do people think that, that we, we need these doormen, we need these go-betweens, we need these hookups, we need a plug to get with the ulama? Who says this? This is why I encourage the brothers really to learn Arabic and free yourself from the translators. Free yourself from the translators. Naam. Because we, we're nothing but a crutch for you. And a crutch works when, 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 when you need it. A crutch works when you need it. But if a healthy man is walking around and he's still gripping on his crutch, you would question his sanity. What do you got a crutch for? You don't need it. You understand? And this, and this is the reality. It's like if a young man walks around with a cane. You, what are you doing? What do you need a cane? You're a young man. What do you have a cane for? You don't need it. So, give it to the crutches. Learn the luga. So you can have direct access. The telephone numbers of the mashaykh, they're there. Many from the mashaykh, they have any, any WhatsApp and so on and so forth. You text the shaykh a question. Many of the mashaykh, they have iPhones. You have iPhones. You can talk to him on iMessage. It's free from any country. Accessible. You understand? Free yourself from the crutch. Because this plot is insidious. It's dangerous. It's an evil plot. Any event. And please excuse my tangent. But I don't even remember the original point I was talking about. But in any event... 
Allah Ta'ala, He says, And follow the way of those who they repent and are obedient unto me. Shaykh Suleiman, Rahmatullah Ta'ala, He mentions, He says, So Allah Ta'ala, He has made it wajib upon us to follow the way of those who turn to Him repentively and in obedience. Naam. Allah Ta'ala commands us, follow the way of those who turn to Him in repentance and in obedience. Naam. Or those yani, who are obedient unto Him. The Shaykh, He says, Ah, naam, I remember. The show is how the ulama, they're not like other people. How many of us have read Surah Luqman? How many of us have memorized Surah Luqman? He's talking about cutting the people off. The scholars are cutting people off from the Sahaba. We have to keep ourselves connected to the ulama because the ulama, they are those yani, who are going to connect us and show us. Yani, the ulama and the sunnah. They are those who are going to show us yani, the way of the Sahaba. Huh? The ulama are not like other than them. They see what we don't see. How many times maybe we have read this, memorized this verse, and so on and so forth. But have we ever reflected and have seen what Sheikh Suleiman is showing us here? And others from the ulama, because he's not the first one to point this out. But what the ulama, they teach us about this ayah. Because this ayah too is a proof and evidence that is wajib upon us to follow the way of the Sahaba. This ayah right here. And follow the way of those who repent and turn and repent and are obedient unto me. The Shaykh he says, La shak, anna khayra man anaba ilallah ba'da rasulillahi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam hum sahabatu. He said, There is no doubt, undoubtedly, that the best, the most finest of those who have repented unto Allah and those who were obedient unto Allah after the Messenger of Allah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, then they were the companions. Naam. If we're going to follow those who turn to Allah repentance and those who are obedient unto Allah Ta'ala, then we're going to follow what the best to have done it. Right or wrong? Right? Right. You want to follow the best to have done it. The best to have done it, of course, after the Prophet sallallahu the Sahaba. This is why the Prophet said, The best of mankind is my generation. Then those who follow them, then those who follow them. The Sahaba. The best of mankind after who? After the, the prophets and messengers, of course. No one doubts this fact. No believer is in doubt about this. So therefore... So therefore it is a, a wajib upon us that we follow the Sahaba. It is wajib upon us that we follow Sahaba because no one has turned to Allah in obedience and repentance better than them. And Allah Ta'ala commands us, follow the way of those who have repented and turned to me in obedience. Allah Ta'ala, He says, in this ayah we mentioned yesterday, during the course of the discussion, which another proof and evidence which shows us that we have to stick to the way of the Sahaba. Allah Azza wa Jal, He says, وَالسَّابِقُونَ الْأَوَّلُونَ مِنَ الْمُهَاجِرِينَ وَالْأَنصَارِ وَالَّذِينَ اتَّبِعُوهُمْ بِإِحْسَانِ And that those who came first and foremost from the Muhajirun and from the Ansar, 
And we know the Muhajirun and Ansar collectively, they are the Sahaba. And those who follow them in good. And those who follow them in good. Shaykh Sulaimani says, السابقون الأولون من المهاجرين والأنصار هؤلاء الصحابة that those who came first and foremost from the muhajirun and from the ansar and they are the sahaba and those who follow them in good those who follow them in good if we look here at this ayah Allah Ta'ala he tells us that so far in this ayah that there are three groups that have been mentioned three groups that have been mentioned and when we go on Allah Ta'ala he says about these three groups, Radiallahu anhum waradu'an, that Allah is pleased with uh, them and they are pleased with him. Naam. The three groups that are mentioned, one is the muhajirun. So if we want Allah to be pleased with us, then we know we have to be from one of these three groups. Right? You with me? If we want Allah to be pleased with us, we have to be from one of these three groups. There's, there's not a fourth group that's mentioned. Only one of these three groups. The first group is the Muhajirun, those who made Hijrah during the time of the Prophet, sorry, selling from Mecca to Medina. Okay, can we, or, yeah, or from other places in Medina. Can we be from those? Huh? No. No. Okay. The Ansar, those in Medina who opened the doors for their brothers and helped them and aided them and assisted them and so on and so forth, can we be from the Ansar? No. It's not possible. So, group. One and two, it's not possible that we, that we be for them. So from process of elimination, that only leaves us with what? And those who follow them in good. And those who follow them in good. So when we look at this, if we want Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to be pleased with us, then we have to follow them in good. So we have no choice but to be from the third group. For those who are upon what they were upon, and this is how we know their way is proven. You understand? This is how we know that way is proven. Allah Ta'ala, He tells us about the Sahaba and those who are upon their way, that proven way, huh? because they are upon Allah Ta'ala's straight path. Allah Ta'ala, He says, وَعَدَّ لَهُمْ جَنَّاتِ تَجْرِي تَحْتَهَا الْأَنْهَارِ And we have prepared for them gardens under which rivers flow. Gardens. Under which rivers flow for how long? Khalidina fiha abada. They will abide therein forever. Thalika al fawzul azim. And verily, this is the tremendous success. This is the tremendous success. This is Surah Tawbah, and it's verse one hundred. So, for anyone who wants to go to the Jannah, anyone who wants Allah Subhanahu wa Taala to be pleased with them. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in this ayah has told us exactly the route to go if we really want that. And that is by what? By following the muhajirun and the ansar in good. So when we look at these verses, these ones that were mentioned, as aforementioned, we realize that in actuality and in reality, there is no choice. There is no real option. Our only option, our only choice is to be upon the way of the Salaf. That is it. Our only option, our only real choice is to be upon the way of the Sahaba. Naam? Is to be upon the way of the Sahaba.
And let this ayah be a reminder. Be a reminder because see their way is proven. For those who come and they say, As-Sahaba, humur rijal wa nahnu rijal. They were men and we men. Huh? And that's true. We all human beings, homo sapiens, we yani, whatever you want to call it, we human we men. Alright? Okay. However, the Sahaba, their way is proven. Your way ain't proven. The Sahaba, Allah Ta'ala says, Radhi Allahu anhum. What are He's pleased with them, they pleased with him. Alliance say that about you. So yeah, you men and they men, but you know what? The difference is like the difference between the heavens and the earth. There's no comparison. There's no comparison. Now, I mean, this is what we say to these individuals who try to come and, and try to make it seem like, oh, the yani, the khalaf, yani, the, the a'lam, and the, they know more, and so on and so forth. But the salaf, they were eslam. No, the salaf, they were eslam wa a'lam. They were, yani, yani, they, 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 they submitted better and they knew better. Naam. And of course it's the case, because what? Everything we know, they taught us. <laughs> SubhanAllah. The Shaykh says, He says, So this verse, it points us to the fact that it is incumbent upon us that we follow the way of those who came first. That we follow the way of the righteous, the righteous predecessors. Because Allah Ta'ala, He was pleased with him. And he was pleased with, with what? With his companions. He was pleased with him, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, and pleased with the companions. Because the route of success is, is what? Is being upon that which the Prophet Sallallahu and his companions, they were upon. وَجَعَلَ ذَلِكَ فَوْزًا And Allah Ta'ala, He has made that the tremendous success. He has made that the great uh, success. And then the Shaykh Hamidullah Ta'ala, he brings some adilla, analyzing some proofs and evidences from the sunnah, which shows us the obligation of being a Sunni Salafi, which shows us the obligation of being from Ahlul Sunnah wa Jama'ah, which shows us the obligation of being upon the way of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and the way of the Sahaba. Walakin, la la la, naqif huna, fa naqtafi bihada al-qadr. والصلاة والسلام على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين وجزاكم الله خيرا